In this podcast, Boosting Your Working Parents' Wellbeing and Resilience from Bright Horizons, Jennifer Liston-Smith, Head of Thought Leadership Bright Horizons UK, suggests that employers step up their support for working parents and practical tips to achieve this. For over 20 years, Jennifer has been relentless in pursuit of innovation, identifying, defining and sharing best practice and next practice for leading global employers in flexible working, family-friendly and well-being programmes, closing the gender pay gap and promoting gender-inclusive parenting. She is a sought-after speaker, writer, conference moderator and consultant on these topics and more. Jennifer set up and for a decade led the coaching and consultancy side of what became Bright Horizons Work and Family Solutions on programmes for working parents and carers and evaluating their impact and ROI, as well as developing coaches and coaching capability. She now focuses on identifying overarching trends through research and through advising employers and translating these insights into solutions and practical actions. But just by way of, of, of intro, as Becky says, I'm Jennifer Liston-Smith, Head of Thought Leadership with Bright Horizons. We work globally with over 1,300 of the world's leading employers, providing services that support the combination of work and family. So that can be everything from care solutions, including backup care when, when normal care arrangements don't go to plan, as happens even in a normal year, um, and also things like coaching and consultancy, online toolkits and resources and advice. So just um, that's the kind of relationship we, we have with employers who are basically aware that parents and carers are an important aspect of their talent population and and want to enable them to to combine work and family successfully and we know that from the perspective of those employers it's not only the right thing to do or indeed a nice to have it's it's an essential part of of attracting and, and retaining talent and the whole employee experience and I guess one of the things that's come out of the last 14 months or so is that family has been more visible than ever. So it's not been difficult to understand that that enabling family and empowering working parents and indeed working carers of, of all aspects of family um, is, is a kind of sensible part of the infrastructure, really. It's how business works. Um, so what does a family-friendly strategy look like? We, we promised to unpack why do managers matter in this? Why do networks manager? What, what? Sorry. Why do networks matter? What do employers actually need to have in place? And how will employers show empathy over the coming periods? Because as we look over the next few months, from a working parents' perspective, we've got the the remainder of the academic year. We've got the summer time when there's always a mismatch between the school holidays and the time that you can realistically take out and then the the kind of back to school um, autumn time when perhaps working parents will be in a, a greater position to to engage in in a you know real hybrid working a blend of office and and home if indeed that's the the employer and employees choice with regard to whichever role they're doing but all of this looking at a family friendly strategy as an employer has right now an important public policy context here in Ireland because as you'll know there's a, a new official code of practice in place on the right to disconnect from work. The Tony Sterley of Varadkar has invited submissions on putting the right to seek remote working into law and the Department of Enterprise and Employment has described both of these policies 
as part of a plan to create more flexible and family-friendly working arrangements. Um, so there is you know, a driver there from a public policy point of view, as well as employers understanding that this is a moment when there is a real pressure to to consider work-life integration, you know, what what works. We've thrown open the idea that work is a place you go to, work is what you do and what you deliver, and, and you know, a new opportunity to look at how we make those things work together. And, and in this case, particularly for people who have family around them. Now, as we say, it's been quite a time for working parents. One of the positives is that families become more visible, you know, literally <laughs> zooming across Zoom meetings from time to time. Um, working parents have always been jugglers, but actually outside of the pandemic, we, working parent myself, used to also be magicians as well in that we used to disappear our children from view in order to underline that whole sense of being willing and available and ambitious to, to crack on with work. Now, that disappeared when this care and schooling infrastructure fell away. The children were visible and in a sense it forced some more of those conversations about how we juggle um, much more visibly than previously. Everything went on camera and you know there was there was a moment to to talk about this. Now hopefully we're coming out of those times. It's not quite the whole circus performance going forward. Indeed, it should be a much calmer prospect because working from home in a future well-designed hybrid working will include having care in place, having schooling um, and education going on in the background. But what have we taken from this? Well, now we didn't invent flexible working last year and we didn't invent how to make work and family work last year. There are a lot of organizations who've been wrestling with this for a long time. And, and during that time, I mean, we've been in this field forever. We've been around for, for over 30 years as Bright Horizons. But um, we've been using a Venn diagram for at least a decade to look at what a family-friendly strategy looks like. And it needs cultural aspects, practical aspects, and what you could call emotional aspects. So let's have a, a brief look at what that means. So if we take the, the cultural aspects, that's a sort of management and leadership field. And at the moment in our, you know, potentially post-pandemic world, that includes questions about the purpose um, that a person experiences in their job, the mess messages from leadership. You know, is it lip service? Do people say, well, do what you can during the pandemic and then still not quite understand the the daily juggle that's experienced. So, you know, we've heard a lot today and brilliant speakers talking about the need to understand the different phases people have gone through and the transitions that we're dealing with. So the leadership side and the management side remains really important and key. From the emotional side, looking at people's well-being as, as our theme is today and, and the development needed, because when we go through transitions in family life, becoming a parent, for example, we need to develop actually, because it's all possible. It's possible to, to have our version of having it all, but we generally need new skills and a new support network um, to make that happen. So how can we nurture that? And that often involves, the, the emotional developmental side often involves networks, coaching, mentoring, mentor and buddy schemes internally can be really powerful ways of transmitting practical knowledge and experience and normalizing the experience, making it seem and, and be more possible for people. And practically, well, practically in recent times, it's become extremely apparent that that includes 
the tools for flexible working, whether it's hardware or software in the home, but ongoing, you know, technology and tools to enable dispersed working. But also from our point of view, care solutions, uh, the employers that we work with often provide care solutions, whether it's on-site nurseries, whether it's partnerships with nearby nurseries and creches and childcare settings, whether it's care in the home that can be backup care when the normal care arrangements aren't able to operate, you know, getting care into somebody's home as a, an ad hoc provision. It can also include, you know, if, if there isn't the scope to, to provide that direct care, it can include um, access to advice, signposting of care or advice on, you know, in the way forward, how to arrange a hybrid care solution. You know, if you're in an office some days and you're working from home some days, what are the options? How do you navigate the care system? So from our, our experience, employers have, have rapidly innovated in this area over the last year or so. But actually, many employers were already doing that, recognising that part of the practical side of a family-friendly strategy on top of all those other layers is to, to at least signpost or indeed provide access to, to care solutions. So those are, are kind of three aspects of care. I'd love to invite you to take part in a, a poll now on what are your most effective supports for working parents in your organisation. If you could choose one, it might be what is most popular in your organisation or it could be what do you think is the most valuable and effective from your experience out of the things that you provide. Is it flexible and hybrid working? Is it giving access to parenting tips, for example, through networks, mentors and so on, or indeed coaching? Is it practical support with childcare? So providing that, that kind of access or indeed signposting. Is it making sure that line managers get it and understand that, you know, what's been really amply demonstrated over the last year is working parents are incredibly determined to deliver and very, very good at, at being resilient and, and, you know, keeping the show on the road, keeping the multiple shows on the road. But do line managers really understand and, and help to prioritise and help to measure the outputs of people's work rather than being in an old model of, you know, counting the hours that somebody's sitting rigidly at a desk. Um, so is it supportive line managers? Is it leadership messages uh, which role model that career and family both matter and that they can work together? So if you wouldn't mind choosing one of those and then we can see the, the progress. I can see that's underway with several of you voting. Thanks for that. So I'll, I'll carry on, but we'll have a, a look at that as we go forward. Are you only allowed one choice? Rachel says, yes, I believe so. Um, but please feel free to type into the chat if you're doing other things for working parents that you find really helpful, feel free to, to share. So I'd like to spend just a, about five minutes communicating to you some important findings from some research that we only just recently conducted, which I think helped to underline what employees need and value. So from time to time, as part of a, an evidence-based approach to providing services for working parents and carers through employers, we, we carry out various surveys. One of those is with the employers of our client organisations. So this year in February and March, we carried out our work and family snapshot research and over 1,300 of our clients' employees took part this year. And they came from 170 of our different client organisations in the UK and Ireland. So 
they have a range of caring responsibilities, as you can see on the screen. Many of them have childcare responsibilities and many are what we would call in the sandwich generation between childcare and adult or elder care. So about a quarter have some kind of adult or elder care. We have 22% with, with elder care um, and there was another 3% with other kinds of adult care um, that they were carrying. So we can see that care matters. And we also, we were asking about the pandemic and we were asking about what you could call a typical year. Even in a typical year without a pandemic in it, we can see the care arrangements do break down. Um, and, you know, around two thirds of those with adult care have a care breakdown. It often goes on for more than five days and over three quarters have a childcare breakdown um, with about half of those going on for more than five days. So people are often juggling in the background more than we might know because they're often very expert at um, making that work and they may well draw on family, relatives, friends, less easy in a pandemic, but that's often part of the infrastructure. But very often and increasingly, you know, in Ireland, there's been a big influx of people with the big new tech businesses, some of which we we serve and, and you know, other businesses congregating in, in some of the, the bigger cities where people don't necessarily have generations of family around them and they don't have the ready networks to provide care. And we know that the care system can often be a little bit hard to access. We know it, there can be an issue with some of the, the, the people that, that we are in contact with in Ireland, finding care when you're returning from parental leave, maternity leave, for example. How do you get that care set up in the first place? So often people you know, need a bit of help to navigate into the care system. And then when those arrangements don't work out on a given day, they need backup as well. So, so that's something that very much came from the employees there. We also found out the, the picture there with the, the sort of office versus home, 77%, over three quarters of people said that they anticipated or indeed preferred some kind of hybrid working in the future. And that maps with so many other surveys, doesn't it? Um, so, you know, and it's been a big topic today. Um, that's likely here to stay. Hybrid being a blend, you know, not necessarily one or the other. There's definite bonuses to being in the office or a workplace and being offsite as well. So that's likely the, the way forward. And we as employers need to think about making sure that working parents and carers and those with other family responsibilities can make use of that effectively and not be disenfranchised, I guess, by making different choices. Um, so that's that's one key thing that working parents also want hybrid working, but we need to make it properly accessible. We can see the little picture at the top, 48%, nearly half said that family was now a higher priority. So, you know, there are different expectations around work-life blend, around what works. But one of the really gratifying things for us was that, um, a little bit of context here. There's some stats on the screen comparing our client employee population with a UK random sample. We each year on year we conduct the Modern Families Index, which takes a random sample of working parents and looks at all of their experiences. And around about 57% of them said that their employer cared about their work-home balance, and it was 20 percentage points higher among the organisations that we work with, among their employees. So something's going right there when employers are paying attention and they're putting a strategy in place around family inclusion, then they're getting that engagement back from their employees. 
And when we asked what do you value most, we can see everybody wanted a positive approach to, to flexible working. But a lot of people wanted access to emergency care. They really valued that. They valued line managers who are equipped and you know knowledgeable to support work and family. And all of those scored higher than enhancing parental leave, which is often a go-to policy for employers. And it just shows that sometimes practically there are other things that are valued. Um, and also we could see that, you know, there was a real interest in having ongoing access to care solutions. So there's quite a bit there about what employees would ask for. We also saw that when they had access to services that were designed to support family and designed to support that combination of work and family, then you can see in the, the, the little um, infographic on the left, that was where they had access without the yellow box on it. The access to, to services around about three quarters, well, two thirds to three quarters were, were saying that it had a positive impact on their productivity, their engagement, their loyalty, their well-being. And then when we looked at people who'd actually used backup care in the last um, six months, their their scores jumped up again. So it was three quarters to 81, 82% having those positive impacts. So from an employer point of view, you know, at this big time of reset, it's it's quite a moment, isn't it? As we've touched on so many times during today's brilliant conference, um, it is a time to think about how we are engaging our population, how we're building loyalty and how we're enabling productivity. So it's perhaps helpful to know that, you know, whatever we can do, whether it's a, a budget and an investment with the business case behind it about the the, the savings that it brings, because it does bring savings, but also, you know, well, on the other end of the spectrum, whether it's simply having a network in place, having a buddying scheme, having some signposting to local provision and services, which you will often find volunteers are willing to run internally. Um, I remember one organisation operating their own virtual holiday clubs run by staff um, during the earlier hot school holidays when lockdown was was going on. You know, we provided access to, to virtual holiday clubs, but some organisations were literally doing it themselves through volunteers. So there are always options, um, whether you've got the, the kind of business case um, set up or not. Um, and you reap the rewards in terms of the engagement and, and loyalty. So it's well worth knowing how those things are valued so actions for employers out of that research we said you know supporting practical care needs one way or another given the higher priority of family life given the way that those are valued making sure that managers have that flexible capability to manage hybrid working you know real expectation over three quarters expecting to work in a, a hybrid way and you know nine in ten saying that they valued positive approaches to to flexible working so we need to get good at that in a very real way and then measuring and communicating the impact of what you do because it you know if you're providing this kind of thing it'll be having an impact and actually it needs to be well communicated so that people appreciate you know if you're winning awards for doing things well um, around whether it's well-being whether it's family support making sure that your people know that and and you know understand why you do it is equally important in some ways because of that whole engagement message that comes with it so when we think about care solutions coming back to to that point of providing access to to, to practical care it's just worth touching on it won't look 
like this picture going forward as we said just before you know it won't be it won't be the circus basically um it there will be people will have their care their daily care provisions in place but you know even outside of a pandemic the the modern families index i'd mentioned earlier as the random sample of of the working parents um that we'd, we'd compared with our clients employees in that survey which was this time was conducted in december so a little bit further back in the pandemic we could see there that people were saying that they have to consider their childcare options not only in the pandemic but at any time that you know it's a high priority seven in ten would need to consider childcare options before accepting a promotion or a new job and that rose actually to eight in ten of the 16 to 25 age groups so really young working parents are saying look i have to get childcare sorted before I can accept a promotion. You know, it's it's a big part of how career works. And then for those with adult or elder care responsibilities, there was an even higher need, you know, more than three quarters of those were saying, I have to consider my elder care responsibilities before I can take a promotion or a new job. So although it should be a calmer business in the future, we know that this features highly on people's career concerns. What am I actually going to do about care? How will it work for me? How will my job work? How will my home life work? Um, and, you know, this is something that we as employers right now can show that we understand whether it's just creating places for conversations to take place and people to share expertise, or as I say, you know, things like virtual holiday clubs have been an absolute boon in the recent times. Um, and as we move into hybrid working and a new future, what can we take with us that we've both learned over this pandemic and that we just know about what it takes to, to make work and family work together? Managers matter. Coming back to that second point out of the three was the practical care, the managers doing flexible working well, and then the, the kind of communicating the impact. So managers, you know, as we know, they need advice and they need it in a just in time way right now. So, we, you know, we mustn't beat up managers for not necessarily being already experts at hybrid working. It is a learning curve. Managers need ready information and tools and resources. And I know we've been ramping up that kind of online support for managers what do you do when um, with with various toolkits and I know that many employers have also been pulling together those kind of snippets of of quick easy training for managers how do you run inclusive meetings for example you know when you're in a hybrid meeting because you won't always have all your people even if you make big efforts for a big team get together you're likely still to have quite a dispersed team so how do you run inclusive meetings so that everybody gets a voice you know can you represent the virtual people physically in the room for example can you make sure the after chat takes place on an online channel so that um that's that's inclusive of everybody um so, oh, and, and there's Becky saying great to provide advice for managers. They're scared to start conversations saying the wrong thing. That's so, so true. I remember right from the outset, we have a, an online toolkit called the Parental Leave Toolkit, which has, you know, all sorts of date driven advice for, for managers. And one of the things in there is, you know, firstly, when somebody makes their announcement to you, you know, smile congratulate you know often these things are very obvious but when news comes to us we don't always have the, the the ready response and sometimes managers need you know that kind of reminder and then a checklist of what to cover so whether it's somebody announcing that they're having a new addition to the family or indeed whether it's parents negotiating how they're going to work 
going forward or indeed anybody in your team working out how their work and home life are going to mesh together checklists for managers can be so helpful and, and don't imagine that it's patronizing i mean if if you're concerned about that then make it inclusively you know sit down as a team and, and work it out together then people feel part of it but it isn't it isn't um, by any means obvious to everybody how to talk and what to say right now so i think yeah certainly sensible um so so that kind of support and information for managers ready to hand and often tied to you know if somebody's talking about elder care responsibilities if somebody's becoming a new parent tack 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 here are things you can cover which might be about working arrangements might be about letting you know about their care arrangements and do they have contingency plans and you know what what can you both do together to support if things don't work out on a given day and just having flushed that out and fleshed out the plan can be a, a massive massive help um nurturing networks i touched on this before but this goes a very very long way you can see on the screen a couple of quotes from where we have facilitated panel events within organizations you know you can have an expert chair or you could have an internal volunteer chairing an event around a certain topic one of our um tech clients facilitated an event very simply uh, quite early on around how to do covid testing with children because people just weren't quite clear you know so you can take an incredibly simple topic or it could be about you know educational catch-up isn't that on a lot of our minds as parents um you know what what are the options what about tutoring should i be doing that or you know will my child just be fine should i not worry Facilitating a panel event with a range of views can be so powerful and so normalizing of people's concerns. And it really reinforces as part of the organizational culture that, you know, we care and that this is normal and we know that you're up against it. So networks, I can't recommend enough. And you'll usually find volunteers who are willing to, to run them. And you will often find, you know, that those people will will share very generously, even when they are very, very busy themselves. So, you know, drawing to, to the end of, of what we take forward, and in a moment to be very, very pleased to see what other questions you might have, showing empathy and support, you know, we've got the rest of the academic year now. So during that time, there could still be school closures and, and selective isolations, um, which can be harder to manage than when we had, you know, the great lockdowns uh, because it's more individual. So we need to be aware of that. There's a lot of testing going on and so on, both COVID testing and also, you know, testing of, of, uh, of the exam style. So we need to be sensitive to, to the potential disruptions, sensitive actually to the extra mental load that parents are carrying with concerns about education and how it's been over this time. Um, so allowing a bit of support, signposting to, to resources where you can, uh, for example, tutoring, um, but also just a bit of understanding and a bit of ability to, to talk that through. Then the summertime when there might be a need for a little bit, you know, the hybrid working plan that you have in mind may need to wait until the autumn for parents to fully utilize that, whatever the restrictions tell us between now and then, um, because that summertime is a time when often people are working around the holidays. Um, so we need to be wary of not leaving working parents of any gender behind during that time, you know, and then hopefully, hopefully all systems go in the autumn. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out Legal Island's range of mental health and well-being e-learning training courses for all your employees. 
providing all employees with mental health and wellbeing training during employment or shortly after starting their employment and with regular refreshers updates throughout this time can not only provide a productive but a safe workplace for everyone. Visit www.legal-island.ie forward slash wellbeing for more information or you can find the link in the description below.